0: The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD. Blending Business and Politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good
1: morning and welcome to Success Happens. It's it's gonna be a wild one, I'm just telling you. Okay, so I am uh, struck by the massive amount of information that I'm receiving. Some of it's legitimate. Some of it's not legitimate, I'm sure, but I have no way of verifying what is and what isn't. So we have an expert here with us today, and I'm going to jump right in without too much preamble. But I want to say that what you think is may not be and what you're certain is may never come to pass but the things that you that you question may actually be reality it's a really screwed up world right now so from information uh, sourcing and information management the good old fashioned gossip uh factor We we want to be looking at what are we hearing. But it's really important that you listen to different sources, okay? I'm not suggesting you go to mainstream media. I'm not suggesting that you go to CNN. I'm not suggesting that you even go to MSNBC or possibly even Fox. I've pretty much turned all that off, including Fox. Uh, I watch Newsmax occasionally. Most of my information right now is coming from different resources that are connected into different um information funnels that are not readily available or will not be promoted consciously. So by mainstream media, so you have to be an information warrior. You have to go out and seek the truth. It's out there. It might be muddied a bit, but it's out there. And it's really important that you arm yourself with information so that when stuff happens, you don't lose it because you know, our mental health state right now is just talking to somebody with um, with departments of Social Services. And, you know, our mental health state right now is really um, uh, impacted negatively by all that we've just been through for a year and a half and uh, and all that we're dealing with to try and recover. So um, do what you can to 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 self-care, which is take care, of number one, and take that time to refresh and renew. I know I have to. So. That being said, I want to welcome Peter Husey back to the show. Peter is an expert on China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Um, Who did I leave out, Peter? Those are the the biggies. The cabalt. (laughs) So so anyway, so Peter, it's so great to have you back with me. Pull your mic a little bit closer there. There you go. And so I, um, you know, you're, you're, I thought, who do I want to have on, ah, Peter, you know, and so it's perfect timing, given some of the stuff I'm hearing in the background, in the non-mainstream media stuff going on. And I asked you, didn't I? I said, what can you do you have any information to share that may not be available to others right now? And you said, oh, my goodness, yes. And you texted me a bunch of stuff. Right. So we're going to cover that today, guys, as much as we can. It's a deep well, that we're getting ready to go into. So I need you to kind of strap in. Um, so the first thing just to um, let me let me ask you to give one statement about your work that defines you so that people who may not have heard you before would have a sense of who you are.
2: Well, in particular, um, I coined the phrase the brothers mayhem, <laughs> which uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis then used. And the brothers are North Korea ran. Russia and China, they are the source of a great deal of the trouble we face in the world. My job is to tell my friends and colleagues and sponsors and in the government and industry and Capitol Hill, both executive branch and Congress, what the consequences and implications are of these threats. How does it affect the ordinary lives of Americans in terms of two things, our prosperity economically and our freedom Living under our Constitution. Very simple. Very good.
1: Now and you also do work with military people at the Pentagon, is that correct? I
2: they are people that I help, yes.
1: Yes. Okay, very good. So so highly credible on such things. So now I want to talk about, I'm going to just knock it through Go ahead. right on. Okay. Go ahead. So the first one you sent me that you said were some I I asked you what are what are some of the up, mm-hmm. upcoming issues that you that you could shed light on that maybe people don't know. The first one was Russia Russian and Chinese defense spending exceeds USA defense spending, according to JCS, which is the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman. First time ever said by a U.S. government official ever. Absolutely. All right. Now, why now?
2: He's looked at uh, it was General Milley and it was testimony before Congress. Historically, if you look at the critics of U.S. military spending, they've said the United States spends more collectively than the next 12 countries combined. Okay? So and when
1: has it started? Didn't didn't just start now. They've been doing this oh, for no, no. a while then.
2: Putin started the buildup when he came into office around 2000, between 1998 and 2001. Uh, he was chief of staff to Yeltsin, as you know. He pushed up. The Chinese have been doing this for 20 years. The Chinese have... Uh, Chinese phrase which says, bide your time and hide your capability, which they did. They're now being more brazen uh, by flying more airplanes than they've ever flown just recently over Taiwan.
1: Okay, the fact that you brought up both in one breath are the Russians and the Chinese in cahoots? Yes.
2: Uh, My friend Steve Blank, who is uh, former head of the Army War College Russian Division, is now a private citizen but works with the U.S. Institute of Peace. He and I have written numerous articles and essays on the cooperative work of Russia and China militarily. It's now become recognized to where, if you Google it, you'll find people who traditionally, oh, it's not happening, are now saying, whoa, it is, including our military, that have long said, these guys are working together. It's like Iran and North Korea work together. One helps the one on nukes and the other helps them on missiles.
1: Or in World War II, you know, Italy and... and, uh
2: Yeah, it's this is is serious because we're, as as the the head of STRATCOM, STRATCOM is our number one military command on nuclear weapons in space. And Admiral Richard has pointed out that we have never fought a nuclear-armed power in a conventional war. Never. All the conventional wars we've fought in our history are with non-nuclear-powered individuals. We now not only have Russia that may end up with conflict in the Baltics or in Eastern Europe. But we have China, which may end up with Taiwan or someplace in the Pacific, both nuclear-armed and both in cahoots. That we have never had to deal with. And all our scenarios, all our narratives, all our plans assume our nuclear deterrent will work and nuclear weapons will not be used in any conventional conflict. If that firewall is broken, all our plans go out the window. Okay. That tells you how important it is to conventional conflict. If that firewall is broken, all our plans go out the window. Okay. That tells you how important it is to have a strong nuclear deterrent to prevent conventional war as well as conventional war spilling over in the nuclear business because the Russians and Chinese think they can get the drop okay, on us. Okay, but
1: however, I'm going to skip ahead for a second. I'm going to go to something where you said.
2: So just let me interject.
1: Well, let me, let, okay, me oh, let me let me drive this for okay, a second. Right. So, then you said there was something about the pipeline. Yes. So, let's connect the economics of this to the
2: international yes. cabal. Well, this goes all the way back to Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister of Britain. This pipeline was started then. And Reagan said, "No, you're giving them billions of dollars a year." And Thatcher was kind of, "Well, We need it for Europe because Europe is not an energy producer. And they had a big fight over this. Part one of the pipeline eventually went through. Okay. Part two is not until just recently. And what was part two? Part two was another strand of the pipeline. Okay. And the whole point was it provides Russia with a huge amount of cash, hard currency. And it gives them the ability, as they've done previously, they can turn the gas off. And having leverage over Germany and Western Europe is the largest
1: Bring them to their knees. Well,
2: basically, we want something. And if you don't like it, we'll turn the gas off in the middle of the winter, which they've done previously.
1: Which is what communists do. They turn off the energy. (laughs) I was just talking to a friend, a new friend, actually, somebody I met down in in Florida at the recent uh, Women Fighting for America uh, rally in, uh, gosh, in the Palm Beach area. And anyway, this gal... Her family came from Cuba, and she said, "This is their mo. They always go to turn the lights off." Same, same, And loose. she and she said yeah. they have a rolling. I don't think I've shared this on air. They have a roll. They they had a uh, a, uh, a comment. You know, we say, um, you know, the energy has gone off in their in their case. They would scream, "Lights are on!" Like, quick, go toast the bread. Go, go. You know turn on the heat for a minute and then and then it would go out again so they gauged their reality by when the electricity
2: was indeed on now we're having that in California
1: yeah we won't get into that rabbit (laughs) hole today but there's it's certainly worth going there Uh, so let's go back to uh, the second question that I have for you you had something else you wanted to say about that are we good to move on no no go ahead okay good so China has enough Nuclear weapons, material production capability to produce tens of thousands of warheads. This is the first time this yeah. has been revealed. My friend Henry Sikolsky. My question is, okay. how long have they had this that we didn't say anything about it? And what's the what's the implications of that
2: now? The implications is my friend Henry Sikolsky, who runs the national uh, the nuclear proliferation education center in Washington, started looking at their production facilities, not for nuclear energy, which a lot of people had previously, but just having the facilities. And he's now determined, and he spoke at an event I hosted and revealed in charts and diagrams that the Chinese can produce enough nuclear material. There are two ways to do it. You produce plutonium in a reactor that's producing nuclear energy, or you enrich uranium, which is the way the Iranians do it, for example. And when you add the two up, he said they can produce enough fuel to produce tens of thousands of nuclear weapons. And this is why it's important. We've always assumed that they couldn't and that, therefore, their nuclear arsenal was small. And they had no plans to build it higher. This gets into another point of Admiral Richard, who said of STRATCOM. He says, every time I am briefed about the Chinese nuclear programs, weapons programs, it's worse than it was in the previous briefing which might have been let six months ago. And he said this in testimony before the United States Congress. And as someone who I've talked with on this subject, the implication is China is building a full-up nuclear triad of bombers, subs, and ICBMs, land-based missiles. And as Admiral Richard said, they will double within the decade we're now in, or double and double again. Which means the they're not transparent. They don't tell us how many they have. This is a guess. The 300 they have will become 1,200 or more. The Russians think that they have some rather key Russians who used to be head of their rocket forces said they think they have 1,800 now. So They being China. China. We don't know. And the question is, we do know, however, if you look at, re- at the record, and I just did a couple chapters of a book on this, they repeatedly threatened to use nuclear weapons against us. If we come to the defense of Taiwan.
1: Okay. Got a couple of questions. That's why
2: it's
0: important.
1: Okay. Questions. Yes. Um, uranium. If we go back to our dear. This is like what they say in the South. God bless her soul. You know, <laughs> it's not a compliment. Okay. <laughs> uh, when Miss Clinton cut a deal on uranium with the Russians, is it safe to say that she has contributed to the calamity that we are now in.
2: It was a wide it was a US government program, and it was a group of Canadian investors that had gotten some money from Kazakhstan to basically the Russians wanted to use domestic American uranium to sell us to us for our nuclear power plants. Under President Bush, what we'd done is taken nuclear weapons waste from the weapons that we were re- dismantling. And they were selling that to us, and we were burning it in our power plants. We called it um, taking warheads and producing energy. It was a great idea. Uh, The Russians, on the other hand, wanted to have American uranium that they could sell us in our nuclear power plants and make some money. Wait, wait,
1: wait. So how would they get our uranium and then sell it back to us? That just sounds like...
2: It was bought by a Canadian company that had a lot of Kazakhstan interests and Russian interests. Okay, and Mrs. Clinton, as Secretary of State, had to vote yes or no on the deal. All the key cabinet people, including and the president, had the final say, and they all said ah, okay, which seemed to me freed up rather Russian uranium to sell to guess who—the Iranians.
1: So my point is, her actions and the actions of her colleagues. Yes, put us in the risk it, it factor made, that it, we are today. It
2: made the development of nuclear weapons by our by the bad guys more uh, easier. Got that? Okay. okay. But and it's it's and it's interesting as part of the nuclear weapons uh, nuclear deal with Iran, in 2015, Russia sells Iran nuclear uh, uranium, which they enrich into low level supposedly low level fuel, which under the deal they can't have more than. Three percent. But now they're up to sixty percent. And okay. if you go to if you go to eighty nine ninety, it's nuclear weapons grade. And by the way, it's easier to go from ten percent to the ninety than it is from zero to ten. So they're under the
1: Yeah, you've s- got the infrastructure or whatever. It's- okay. So we're gonna take a quick break. Okay. You're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today my dear friend Peter Husey, and we will be right back.
0: Join us on Restaurant Row, Creekside. Enjoy great restaurants, including La Casona with fresh Tex-Mex favorites and happy hour weekday specials. Or Truth and Beauty, offering unique, tasty American fare and brunch. Stop by Sweeties on the Creek for yummy, fresh-made ice cream, frozen desserts, sweet treats, and plush toys. The Carroll Creek Parking Deck is right next door. Great food, fun times. Come visit us at Creekside.
1: When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh made selections, including dairy free and all natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now.
0: This is Mid-Maryland's News and Talk Alternative, 930 WFMD.
1: Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Peter Husey, who is an expert on China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. And we are talking about the state of things right now. And... Uh, you mentioned, Peter, on break, something you wanted to say about the relationship between Iran and Russia.
2: Well, part of the deal was that we signed a Well, no one actually signed the deal. This is what's crazy. The Joint Comprehensive Program of Action, which was the quote unquote Iranian nuclear deal saying don't build nuclear weapons, but you can produce nuclear fuel. And by the way, we are required under the deal to help them build better centrifuges. Russia is selling them the uranium which they are enriching, and some of which they're sending back to Russia for its nuclear power plants. Okay? So it's a great deal, and that's one of the reasons we kind of... Great deal for who? Russia. Right. (laughs) And and that was part of the reason Russia signed off on the deal. Okay, because all it does, as B.B. Netanyahu has pointed out, the prime minister of Israel, at best it delays Iran getting nuclear weapons, but on the other hand, as General Mike Hayden, former director of national intelligence... For the United States Air Force uh, General has said, "We are building Iran an industrial strength nuclear weapons program." We being the United States as part of this deal.
1: And who, and and who was who was at the center of who was the leader under which that got done?
2: Well, it was the Obama administration, but it was because Iran we were f- terrified they're going to get nuclear weapons, and the Iranians didn't want to give up.
1: No, I don't get the because. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can just leave that part out. No, no. It was, Here's the bottom line. That the motivation. Un- under the oh, – well, that's what they say. It was, that's that what was, they say. That's what they wanted uh, again, to do. Again, back to the notion in my little preamble, what appears to be true may not be. So, you know, people say a bunch of stuff, and, and what you have to check is their actions well, and their outcomes.
2: That is true. The administration thought – this is what's screwy about our war on terrorism, supposedly – is that the Sunnis were responsible for 9-11, the Saudis, or the Taliban. And the Shia, the Iranians, are also kind of bad guys. But we could balance the bad guys by playing, be on both sides, as opposed to one or the other. Like Trump said, I'm coming down on the side of the Saudis, and Israel is going to be combined against Iran, which then led to the peace agreements. Obama's yeah, it
1: seemed to work pretty good. Obama's, and here we are in Obama's chaos again. Obama's idea
2: was, and he said this publicly, is we're going to divide the world, Middle East up between the Shia can have this, the Iranians, and the Sunnis, the Saudis can have this.
1: This is what Biden has said? Yeah, he
2: said, no, it's, Obama it's, said this. Okay, so the the, I'm going to
1: call it the O. Biden administration <laughs> um, has, has determined... That they know what's best, and the bottom line is they never produced peace in the Middle East. Well, so yes. apparently they don't know what they're doing. Okay, I'm just so going to leave is, it at that. This is
2: why you have... The, the, the problem is, if Iran gets nuclear weapons, Saudi Arabia is going to go get them from their friends in Pakistan. And you're going to have a proliferation, and then you have no idea who's going to yeah, use what. but what's what. at
1: the source, Peter, of that if?
2: It was to buy some time...
1: But, who, no, I'm, I'm interested in leadership decisions here.
2: No, no. It was because the Iranians wouldn't give everything, all their nuclear capability up. They During the
1: Obama administration. Well, also,
2: previously, they wouldn't tell us where they were doing stuff. they are members of the non-nuclear proliferation treaty that 100 and some odd countries are. They wouldn't comply with the, that treaty. They were basically the ones Yeah, I mean, we know they lie. It, well, they, the question I mean, they is, when, when the U.N. says we need to go and look at that site to see what you're doing, They would say, no, that's a national security site.
1: Yeah, they're lying.
2: And then the United Nations would cave and say, okay, and pretend that they had inspected the site. They bulldozed some of the sites and purified all the dirt to take all the nuclear stuff away. So if we went there and tested, we wouldn't test for nuclear material.
1: Yeah, they're liars. I mean, it's not complicated. (laughs) I mean, we kind of, we (laughs) we like to color it with all their whys and wherefores.
2: No, no, no. But at the end of the
1: day, there's a point to why I'm saying this. Leadership needs to be precise. And I think Americans today are fed up with the lies, the cheating and the stealing.
2: Okay, And we'll get to that about Arizona uh, on another conversation. Issue is very simple. If you determine that Iran will not give up its nuclear capability and any arms control deal you sign is bogus, you have two choices. Forget about it. Just let them do their thing and hope for the best or go in and take it out. Our leadership decided, I don't want to go in and take it out militarily because that's fraught with danger. We tried that with Saddam, da-da-da-da, and forget it. On the other hand, we can't say to the American people, "Ah, heck with it, who cares whether they have nukes. So we take this middle road, which turns out to be false because it doesn't do the job.
1: It's not only false, it's weak. Yes, Okay, good. We agree. Okay, moving on. Let's go to the U.S. um, Oh, no. Before we move there, Biden warned just before summit by Russia to remove USA Navy ships from the Black Sea, and he did.
2: What are the implications of this? Well, KT McFarland on Fox this weekend and WTOP on Friday laid out what preceded the summit. Miss Merkel said, you've got to take the sanctions off the German companies so they can get bank financed to finish the pipeline. Check. Done. We put American warships in the Black Sea to counter these so they can get bank financed to finish the pipeline. Check. Done. We put American warships in the Black Sea to counter Russia's attempts to coerce Ukraine. Putin basically said, get out. And- we did.
1: And and I know Biden put his tail between his legs and, and backed out slowly okay. and, 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 and whimpered in the process.
2: Okay. I'm, I'm just Let telling me just you paint the picture. what happened. Let's check. Right. Number I two. Gotcha. Three. The question on the was the pipeline and then the Russians right before the summit had the largest military exercise since the end of the Cold War in 1991 putting warships and airplanes right outside the territorial sea of Hawaii.
1: Okay, so hold this thought. We're going to go to a break. I want you to think about what are the implications of that because I'm going to have you share that when you get back. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Go on out and get some fresh-made ice cream. Also, I want to recognize the different restaurants up on Creekside. We're glad to be uh, partners and associates and and neighbors with all of them, so it's nice to work together to bring about uh, prosperity in downtown Frederick City. I want to thank K.W., photography design. Kira Wynn has done a phenomenal job for me with my website and social media and different things. And so thank you so much, Kira. We'll be right back.
0: Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.
1: Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Peter Husey, and we are covering some pretty intense stuff, so we're going to try and wrap back to the idea of the Arctic. we were starting to talk about the Arctic, and I want to ask about the implications of the activity around the Arctic. And um, so tell us about that, Peter. What is the
2: concern? Most people look at this and say when they ice flows begin to shrink, it becomes a passage where you can send freighters through. It's a lot shorter than going around the globe the other way. And trade would become much cheaper to go from east to west. But then when the ice increases, you can't do it anymore. But it's a great boon to trading partners. But there's a, there's a bad side. And that is Russia and China are cooperating and building military bases in the Arctic They say, oh, we're just protecting our Navy base in Murmansk and our Navy base in Vladivostok, both of which have nuclear-armed submarines for the Russians. Yeah, sure. But there's one other problem. So,
1: hold on. Are they cohabitating in these nuclear, uh, in these uh, military bases? No,
2: China is cooperating with Russia and building facilities where they're complementing each other. The Russian nuclear sites are totally Russian. But here's the problem. My friend Steve Blank, who I've mentioned previous on the show, has done a new study, which will come out momentarily, that the Russians are building what are called cruise missiles. Those are short-range missiles that hover close to the ground that are going to go from the Arctic and hit us. And they're nuclear-armed. And they can get here because they're going to be hypersonic-type speed. They can get here within minutes, not 30 minutes of an ICBM, but under 10. Where they can go from, because the ice flows shrink, they come closer and closer to northern Canada, and they can reach our military bases in the United States. And what Steve says, that's their strategy is to use those weapons to take out our military capability or threaten to do so, and saying, You don't want to come to defend Europe or the Baltics or Ukraine because we can take you out without even using our central strategic nuclear forces that are. Under the big arms control treaties.
1: All right, but wouldn't the same be true for us that because of these conditions, we could likewise reach their bases?
2: Yeah, but we don't have any nuclear weapons or cruise missiles or military bases in the Arctic because everybody says, oh, you have to have peaceful use of the Arctic. Same thing they said about space when President Reagan said we have to defend our stuff in space and also be able to go to the, against the other guy. Everybody said, oh, no, 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 space has to be peaceful. Well, yeah, we'll do that, but the Russians and Chinese don't believe that. Yeah, the bad
1: guys don't follow
2: the rules. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Okay, so let me go on. So this is really great. So I want to go back to some of the things we were talking about, but I have have a question that has come across my radar. It's a term, and I'd like you to define it for me as you know it. What is the dark fleet?
2: Good question. I think it has to do with... our adversaries are not transparent. They don't tell us what they build or deploy. So the question is, what's out there, we don't know. And on the Chinese nuclear business, it's uh, everybody agrees the Chinese don't publish anything. So the argument about what the Chinese have or don't have is an argument between American and European analysts trying to read the tea leaves when there aren't any tea leaves. It's like, what do you think? So. That's why Henry Sikorski's type work is so extraordinary that he looked at some stuff from satellite photos and other things published on his website is that our assumptions about the Chinese have turned out to be wrong in almost every area of economics, diplomacy, politics, military.
1: But I think Trump knew that.
2: He understood this better than anybody. He goes all the way back when he was in New York as a builder. For some reason, his his uh, uncle had written a book about North Korea and war in North Korea. And it was um, it was an ex- he understood this in his gut. And one of his advisors is Mike Pillsbury, who I recommend his book, The Hundred Year Marathon. It is the. Yeah, classic. he's
1: impressive. I, I've enjoyed watching him. In, he's and he's now writing was-
2: another book on Chinese military strategy and political strategy, and diplomatic strategy. And I've been talking to him about this. And one of the crazy things is that there are enormous amounts of money China is spending here in America to influence popular opinion. It's called influence operations, and it's information warfare. And they've bought up graduate schools, universities, think tanks, where you can see the Chinese They've bought up
1: Biden. They've bought up Bill Gates. They've (laughs) bought up...
2: I, universities I and I, you know yeah.
1: i know you can't go there but Jennifer, i can go there
2: the money that is there in graduate schools think tanks universities corporations but also the nba right and also the social media
0: right.
2: facebook and so forth they basically you read there, amazon you huge. read what they say it's word for word exactly what chinese diplomats say and I know this. I mean I looked did two chapters for a book they're not published yet, but two whole chapters on China nuclear strategy, and I got it from translating thousands of documents in Chinese that are service translated and what the Chinese tell themselves internally, which we don't see uh, they're very clever, but boy, they have a lot of money, and we have to be very, very concerned
1: okay. But here's the thing. We know that Biden has a profound and prophetic relationship with China personally and through his son and possibly through his brother. So they have a... uh, I guess what I'm struggling with is how on earth this is what I want to say. And I just I'm holding back. I'm not going to hold back. Why on earth would these American leaders sell out our country to the communists for some one world order, globalist approach to what we're dealing with? Why on earth would they violate, violate, violently violate our Constitution? Hold on. I'm not done violently violate our constitution our our rights our bill of rights our 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 right to vote all of which they've 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 annihilated through this past election which was fraudulent they did steal it it was flipped they've got the numbers they know what happened it's but- not a figment of my imagination they've got the proof now Why on earth would Americans sell out their own country? I struggle with this. Okay,
2: here The answer is, there's an old saying about Occam's razor. The easiest explanation from point A to point B is a straight line. This is a straight line deal. When we went to open up China, when Nixon and Kissinger did this, the theory was, if we trade with China and open up, they will become more and more like us and less and less communist. And it was somewhat self-serving because, oh, we can make money and make the Chinese less communist and less, less totalitarian. And They'll so come around. Yeah. Every single department of government under Nixon, Ford, Clinton, Carter, oh, everybody gave money to the Chinese. When I was in the Interior Department, we would send delegations to China to help them coal mining because they didn't. When we asked them, what do you do when there's a coal mine explosion? They looked at us like, what? We leave them there. So we were trying to get them to be less barbaric, okay? Improve them, have oceans Yeah, how did that go? Have Not OSHA. well. Well, now they're the biggest producers of coal in the world and the biggest polluters of greenhouse gases. But this became a religion.
1: And yet Biden uh, well,
2: defends them. But, but Wall Street became part of it. The corporate world became part of it. The universities in my prep school in New Hampshire, they have a Confucius Institute. They are given Chinese instructors who teach Chinese language free of charge. They have Chinese students that pay the full freight of tuition. And if you read the quarterly newsletter that comes out of the prep school, it is so pro-Chinese. And I fought them on this. Okay? This is true throughout this America is we basically money, as you know, talks. But we've adopted... The language of globalism and the Chinese are going to move towards us and we'll move towards them and we'll have a war. Okay, world. well,
1: I got you. So you got it's, it's not going well, though,
2: apparently. So, no, no, it's, it's, you're exactly right. It is dangerous because the Chinese are basically using this to lessen our guard, okay, and lessen our ability. And finally, Trump did move and then China, by the way, Congress's China Commission which and biannually, every two years, puts out a report, is as tough as anything you'll ever see. And there are those in Congress, like Mr. Rubio and Cruz and others, who are, who figured it out. So we do have real allies. And I think more and more the military has figured this out. And okay, and Cruz and others who are, who figured it out. So we do have real allies. And I think more and more the military has figured this out. And okay
1: let's let's i want to i want to make sure we cover your list because it's really comprehensive okay. so the next thing that 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 i want to go to therefore back to your point about we're in cahoots with them because you know they've created this trading of knowledge and information and and resources uh our dear dr evil <laughs> fauci in 2017 funded through a series of shell game operations he funded the wuhan lab and therefore is in my i'm i'm accusing him i am of being a part of the demise of what we've just been through a hundred percent the man is absolutely up to his noodle okay now what I want to deal with is your comment on my, my notes. USA blood samples show CV virus here in America as early as June 2019.
2: That's been on the news. A couple news sources pointed out that I learned this four months ago from a lawyer friend of mine at Yale University who does nothing but follow COVID. And he calls his people call China and Taiwan, Japan and Korea every night because that's when they're opening up and he gets this information and he found it wait a minute people give blood all the time and then they check the blood to see if it's okay tainted right Right. and then they're saying what the heck is this and if it's in america in the summer of 2019 and it came from china that means it was in china that early and the question is in my mind is irrespective of what one thinks about so yeah. wait, are you Fauci- putting to
1: bed then this notion that it leaked from the no, no, Wuhan no, no, lab? No, 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 absolutely.
2: Okay. Absolutely. The people, if people were contaminated. So how did
1: it originate? And, and it is let me ask, hold on, let me ask this question. Is COVID a bioweapon?
2: It can be used as a bioweapon because it's so infectious.
1: Was it used as a bioweapon against us?
2: No, because they didn't have a vaccine for their people. They, if they let it loose in China to get it here, Millions and millions of people of China, and the the thing is the Poliburo was saying, we've got to make sure the right people don't get sick. So what they did is they were developing this this is this is a again a Lacolm razors thing. It's all money to develop take SARS or MERS. the number of people that died from SARS and MERS is less than twenty thousand. The reason it was very deadly but not very communicable. Then there's yeah, no reason. Yeah, but then just the, he did the he but did the uh, there, gain no, of function exactly. But there's no reason to develop a vaccine for something that only kills twenty thousand people worldwide. But if you're talking about something that's going to kill millions of people, whoa! Then you can get into real money,
1: right? And, and we believe that he drove the well, because he, we wait, wait. He did. We know that we part know. of a vaccine is that if you have a cure, you don't need a va- if you have a cure or treatment, you don't need a vaccine As much. And so. He squashed the hydro uh, oh, yeah, he, he, he was
2: opposed to and anything hydroxychloroquine that was a... and
1: the uh, ivermectin which we know from the doctors right. that they had a cure so he so, also
2: opposed uh, the idea of immunity from people being infected and naturally because as now we understand you don't need to take the vaccine. If you've been exposed All right, to the well, virus, hold
1: on—that's that's muddying the waters for a second. No, I just no, no. want to he be was super clear. To,
2: he was opposed to anything that said we don't absolutely need a vaccine because he was trying to get billions and billions of dollars out of the out the door to develop it.
1: Thank you. That's what
2: I'm getting. And, and the thing is, the the the, the
1: man has the, money in
2: his hands in the till. Well, you're very right. Here's the issue: is the United States Congress said. No more. We're not going to fund this garbage. When did they say that? Oh, back in 2014. But then there was... Then he
1: needed a workaround.
2: There was a workaround in the bill. It said if the administration, for national security reasons, decides to do the research, they can provide a waiver. We don't know who provided the waiver. Fauci couldn't do that. It had to be up probably in the White House. And nobody knows because no one's asked. The question is, they did the research in Wuhan.
1: Which would be the Obama administration, well, just to remind us. But
2: uh, you got to understand, this was those people who do gain a function were trying to develop a virus that is not only deadly, but very communicable.
1: And which, why on earth would they do that?
2: Well, there's two reasons. The legitimate reason is if someone uses a biological weapons against us, we need to have a vaccine to protect ourselves. Totally legitimate. However, there's... Thousands of doctors in this country and researchers said, don't do gain of function. It's too dangerous. It gets out. You haven't haven't developed a vaccine yet. Holy cow. Now you're in trouble because you can't control it, particularly if you have 10,000 people a day flying from Wuhan to the west coast of California or 10,000 a day flying to Europe, particularly Italy, which then came to New York City. And that's why you had this huge outbreak in, in New York. Well,
1: okay, we're going to take a quick break, but I, I want I want to just So you're right. You're right
2: that we were blitheringly stupid to at the least in funding this. There was no reason in God's green earth we should fund Well, it. I think there was a reason. Well, I understand, I, I, I'm but we shouldn't offer
1: have that. But they Jennifer, shouldn't, they shouldn't have. Absolutely, we agree on that. But I do believe that there are people out there doing such nefarious things and sacrificing people in the name of power. And we're going to take a break. Okay? You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. We'll be right back. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh-made selections, including dairy-free and all-natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now.
0: Join us on Restaurant Row, Creekside. Enjoy great restaurants, including La Casona with fresh Tex-Mex favorites and happy hour weekday specials. Or Truth and Beauty, offering unique, tasty American fare and brunch. Stop by Sweeties on the Creek for yummy, fresh-made ice cream, frozen desserts, sweet treats, and plush toys. The Carroll Creek parking deck is right next door. Great food, fun times. Come visit us at Creekside. Mid-Maryland's authentic free talk. A local legend. Except no substitute. 930 WFMD. It's all about your car. Call in with questions to Dave Serio, beginning in less than 30 minutes, right here on 930 WFMD.
1: Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. And I want to, uh, first of all, <laughs> I love our conversations because they are so uh profoundly uh, stimulating to, to talk about some of this stuff. And I get a little wound up, so forgive me. But, you know, um, it's worth it's worth having these discussions to educate people about what's really going on. All right, I want to talk about the day before the summit. That would be uh, Russia undertakes largest military exercise since the end of the Cold War just outside of Hawaii, forcing USA F-22 jets to scramble. What are the implications of
2: this? In international diplomacy, the issue is, can I coerce the other guy to do what I want them to do without going to war? And that's called coercion, blackmail, call it what you want. It's basically uh, what the Russians have done in the Black Sea. It's what they've done with respect to the... Shutting down the pipeline, the eastern pipeline, shutting down the meatpacking, is basically, this is what we can do. Do you want more of it? Because if you notice, Gensaki, when asked about the pipeline and the meatpacking, blamed it on the companies for not protecting of themselves. Course.
1: Well, Jen There's a, there's a. Get me started on that girl. Okay, hold industry, on a second.
2: Industry does need to get their act together, but. What Putin is doing is what the Chinese are doing. The North Koreans do it. The Iranians do it. It is we're going to use the threat of military force or economic blackmail to get you to do what we want you to do.
1: Or shutting down your power, which we are all worried right now.
2: We basically want you to back down and back off. So here's a question
1: and comply. So let me ask you this, Peter. Are we at risk of uh, shutdowns on our our, uh, power grids? power sources
2: yes the one that worries me the most is they're twofold the Sun occasionally has about every hundred years a hiccup and these solar flares are electromagnetic pulse and they're natural and we last time we had one was the Carrington effect that did shut down a good deal of what was then a very limited grid how
1: long would the shutdown last
2: forever till you fix it because all the transformers would be fried And these transformers are huge, and they're about 3,000 that are critical. 600 big ones, 3,000 total. They're made primarily in South Korea and Germany, and the waiting list is about six years because they're huge. I mean, they take a long time. Do we have
1: backups ready?
2: We have maybe a couple dozen. But we've never – the utilities are basically controlled by the public utility commissions. They don't like to give them a lot of money because the rate increases drive people nuts politically. So you got to keep the rates down. And so the idea of spending billions of dollars to have transformers in reserve is like, oh, God. Okay,
1: well, hold, hold on. So we'll give billions of dollars to our enemies <laughs> in, in uh, I don't know, Iran, uh, for example. But we will charge U.S. citizens in increased rates so that their no, power no, no, doesn't get shut down when the solar flare happens. Well, Did well, I get that right? No, no.
2: If the solar flare happens, we're going to be without electricity. The issue is, what would it take to protect against that and...
1: Or to get back up and running. No, no, you have to have <clears throat> that take
2: for, for your transformers aren't built overnight.
1: No, but that's my point. No, no, if we invest now and we have those true, on, on the ready, true. then it's not a tough transition. No, no. You just got to go out there and fix this stuff.
2: True, but then there's another threat, and that is nuclear weapons detonated 70 miles up in the atmosphere would fry all our transformers as well. That's called Electmatic Pulse 2, but it's a different type.
1: It's man-made.
2: Yes, you could solve both. It's warfare. You could solve both simultaneously by hardening and doing helping the SCADA's, which are the computer systems that connect everything. And it would cost between my... Uh, I've, I've done a lot of study on this along with my friend. i got a shout out to Peter Pry, who used to work for the House Armed Services Committee or for the congressman from this area. And he's figured out it's somewhere between 4 and $6 billion dollars could basically harden all the grid areas you need to so that the grid would survive either a solar flare or an electromagnetic pulse from a nuclear weapon.
1: So do you have that uh, recommendation into your buddies on the Capitol Hill?
2: The President of the United States, Mr. Trump, put out an executive order saying do this. But the question is he does not have the authority, Can't have. he doesn't have the authority to do everything, to get utilities to invest it. Then he established a group to ride herd on this and get Congress to pass the necessary legislation. We have a problem in Congress. Some people say, oh, that's just more regulation. The threat really is too remote and it's too much money. On the other hand, those who don't like to see nuclear threats up on the horizon because it means like the bad guys are up to bad things, poo-poo it as well. So we're basically stuck where our grid is not now protected from either natural EMP or nuclear EMP. The thing is that we had two congressional commissions on the subject that Congressman Bartlett, who was from this area, created in Congress, and they came up and said, we're in deep, deep. You've got to do something to protect yourself against both solar EMP and nuclear EMP. And not only did the first commission recommend it all, Congress House would put the money in the budget, and the Senate would put t- wouldn't. And we wouldn't get it out of conference.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm a little confused. So you said that it was said in... So you said President Trump said this. So what's this? He gave an order to the... Have they fulfilled on it?
2: No. He gave an order to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to promulgate rules for the utility industry to protect themselves from this stuff.
1: And what's the status? Those
2: rules were promulgated, but it wasn't... The rules were not you must. It was if you you think it's a good idea. No. If you think it's a good idea and because utilities being utilities, they said, well, we don't want to spend the money because we'd have to ask for a rate increase and we don't ask for a rate increase. So some have done it like in South Carolina, but some have not.
1: It's outrageous. Yes, it is (laughs) that they would use the excuse of it's going to be a rate increase. When we are sending billions of dollars to our adversaries overseas. Remember, Jennifer,
2: rate increases have to be approved by the Public Utilities Commissions, which are sensitive to consumers. And my view is, when you have to do something that is going to cost you one penny per month, per person, that's all you're talking about.
1: Okay. Well, Peter, once again... This has been an amazing conversation, and we covered just about everything you sent. And I want to thank you for the great work that you do on behalf of the American people. Everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930. And I want to thank you for the great work that you do on behalf of the American people. Everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Success happens. Have a great day.
0: Nine thirty, 30. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 10 o'clock.